welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. She can stop the rage. Too many bones. Too many bones. It is that gives the dead the appearance of life. Oh, it is not the appearance of life. It is life. This is not magic, as you say. I am a scientist. We'll tear your soul apart. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we start off a new month and a new year here on the Retro Blood, because we are talking all about killer objects in 1980s horror movies. That's right. We're talking about objects that are dangerous, maybe everyday objects, maybe maybe objects you don't even know about, just different objects that are crazy and they're killers. Up next or our first review of this whole year is going to be if you like golf courses if you like uh, our boy Roy's shirt being very tight if you like uh, a lawn mower machine with balloons on it and you like uh, uh, drama between two golfers boy this is the review for you this okay. is a show for you. This is a show for you, brother. Because we are talking all about blades. Jay Austin, James Klein, what's happening, everybody? What's happening? Starting off the new year hot. Well, we started yeah. off hot last week with the with Terry Train, but this is the official yeah. starting it off, mm. brother. This is our theme. Theme for the month, brother. Killer objects, <laughs> Allison. How's it going? Oh man. Uh, you know, it's going. <laughs> Uh, so we'll talk about this movie as we go, but yeah, this was, uh, uh, this was, this was movie was something else. Uh, it can only get better from here, right? Well, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it probably, maybe, um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see what, what, what kind of different months we got going on um, over here, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, uh, hanging out in this, uh, nice winter weather, drinking my, uh, Whaley farm Porter, yeah, baby. uh, and, uh, drinking my dark beer for the winter time, even though it's like 70 degrees outside. Yeah, what's going on? So with that? I woke up this snap. woke up this morning and thought I'd move to California, but you know, yeah, it has been uh, kind of strange around here with that. I'm waiting for that snow, brother. Yeah. The, I'm kind of yeah, like last, last week it was zero. Yeah, I'm kind. <laughs> and this week it's seventy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nuts. It's kind of like it's kind of like our boy Roy. You know what I mean? He just yeah, shows up kinda. out of the blue, became the new pro champion of the of the of the of the field of the golf field. And then it's like Kelly being all jealous. So, so Roy is basically like winner, and Kelly's being all jealous. She's trying to take that summer back. So we get you. Mm-hmm. We get it. It all ties in together. But uh, but yeah, uh, Blades. This is a very um, uneventful movie. <laughs> okay, um, uh, this is uh, to say the least. Yeah. This this is this. I think I don't think in my wildest dreams has a. A write. I don't really write that much, but if I was like a writer, 
or like a filmmaker or like any kind of design of making a horror movie, I would never put, I would, I didn't, I just never thought they could do a whole storyline around golf. Well, yeah, but yeah. So the thing about this movie is like, I didn't read about any, any of the, uh, there you go. I didn't read any of the, uh, of the, um, making of this. I saw that it was made by trauma and that's all I really needed. That's all I needed to know about this movie to know everything about it. Yeah. Um, but when I was watching it, like I was kind of angry at first because it's clearly a rip off of jaws. I mean, it's almost the same, almost the same movie, but then as I started watching it, I'm like, this has to be intentional. It has to be a pair. It has to be a parody of jaws. Yeah. So then once, once that started happening, I started kind of liking it. And then I kind of started laughing at it, and then I knew they got me. Like that was what they wanted, yes. and you know, it, it accomplished. I, I think it pretty much accomplished what they intended for it to be. Um, and you know, we can talk about trauma when we talk about who booked this shit. I guess because yeah. I'm sure you looked something up about that. But um, but yeah, um, I, you know, it, I'll never watch this movie again. But I mean, it was fun, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you're talking about you're not going to have it on your fucking uh, round collection. You know, maybe one day you're coming home from work. You had a beer. You had a shitty day. You don't put on blades to <laughs> bring your your, your your fucking mood back. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I, I didn't. I didn't immediately go out and buy it on the Blu-ray. No, I, I did not. I mean, that. fuck this mean this thing right here. Been a hot tape at the time. You know, seventy bucks. Just sign me up, brother. All right, we got Roy in his <laughs> tight shirt. We got Kelly. We got everybody in here. I mean, come on now. Yeah. What more do you need? So, but we'll get on to that, everybody. But first, like every retro blood, you like to do history segment. Now, this one's kind of a weird one. So, so this yeah. movie was, there's a couple of different release dates, but the one that we found is like a month that we talked about to death pretty much on this show. <laughs> so, yeah. I think we've done more reviews around October of 1988 than like anything. I mean, what a what a crazy uh, week, and then what a crazy month this was in the, the horror movies. I mean, they were just popping those fucking movies out left and right. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but yeah, but we did we found some of those stuff that we haven't talked about. So we'll get into that. So I'll go first, I and mean, we got some pretty good for the music. But um, this is pretty interesting too. When I was doing a little bit of research that we haven't talked about, which I was surprised, which is uh, the WWF ran one of their first Royal Rumbles. I'm oh, not royal shit. I just fucked it up. So the WWF ran one of the... <laughs> I don't know. I always got the royal run in my mind. So anyway. <clears throat> so the WWF was running one of their first ever King of the Rings. Uh, their King of the Ring 1988. Mm-hmm. Now this wasn't really like a pay-per-view at the time. So you know, l- later on in history, King of the Ring became uh, a pay-per-view. I think the first ever King of the Ring pay-per-view was actually the one that was run by Bret Hart. And I believe it was 93. It's either 93 or 94. I can't remember the exact pinpoint year. But that's when it became mm-hmm. like its own official pay-per-view. And it was like that for a long time. You know, until they kind of got rid of that pay-per-view. Then they would just have it on Raw. And I did hear there might be some rumors of them bringing back the King of the Ring for, for this year. But I've always liked the King of the Ring concept. I always liked the con- King of the Ring um, tournament. So. Yeah. I mean, it ain't no fucking G1. Yeah. But it's still a pretty good tournament. Yeah, it's it's no G one, but but I mean what it is. But you know, it's I like I like some I like King of the Ring in some instances, like because it used to it used to be that if you won King of the Ring, that they were going to do something with you. Yeah, you know, like it, it, it was usually won by someone who had not been a champion before, 
And then that was kind of their path to being a champion, sort of kind of like winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Except you're not really guaranteed that shot, but it, it kind of meant that they were going to push you and do something with you. Like, you know, Steve Austin won it yes. on his way up. I don't, I don't know if he'd won the title at that point ever, but, but he was on his way up. Um, Triple H won it before. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna. I was trying to figure that out. Did Triple H win it before he became a world champion? Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was definitely. Supposed- yeah, he definitely won that. Okay. He ran that in '97. He didn't become world champion until like almost 2000. Yeah, 99 or 2000. Yeah, because he oh. was supposed to uh, win it in '96. Yeah, but then the curtain call happened. And then, but then the curtain call happened, so they they kicked him out and gave it to Steve Austin. Wow, and imagine that. I mean, that changed history right there. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, just yeah. I mean, we can talk about that at some point later down the road, but yeah, and it lights out. But that changed history. Uh, but yeah, so uh, DiBiase won this. Yeah, King so of the Ring. so basically, this King of the Ring right here was their fourth annual King of the Ring. And how they used to do the King of the Ring, they would do it at like a non-televised house shows. So it was like a special mm-hmm. gimmick for people to come in and check out this like one-night tournament. So this one took place um, in uh, Providence Civic Center in Providence, Rhode Island. So and mm-hmm. I, you know, some something like this, like we've already established that we had like three. Um, King of the Ring winners. I know one of them is King Haku. We had King Harley Race, you know, a little bit before this. Yep. So, you know, we, we they're, they're, the King of the Ring was kind of known, but it was, obviously just wasn't televised. But I definitely think we would have checked out this show. So this one was, um, you know, this one was won by you know, Ted DiBiase. So uh, apparently, like, uh, other than the tournament matches, there was only one other match during the night. And this is a match between Jim Duggan and Dino Bravo. All right, and it was a flag match. Okay. Oh, what really? Yes, and Duggan pinned Bravo when Martin accidentally hit Bravo with the flag. So yeah, yeah, brother, we gotta have the yeah, good old he, USA going on. Yeah, he always uh, Duggan always wins the flag matches. That's like his signature match, I think. Yes. So you know, like I said, look, the king. Like I said, I think. I mean, I'm pretty sure you know people knew what the King of the Ring was. I think they just made it for like a so during the '80s. Okay, you know, this was just kind of like a gimmick to kind of get people to like maybe, you know, sell some tickets in the actual house show. They still use the the gimmick. I was like, okay, we have King Harley Race. We have King Haku. So they won a tournament to give him that, you know, but it was mostly just like a, it wasn't like as big of a tournament as it later on would be. Like, you know, like we were saying before, like it helped a lot of superstars get pushed to the next level. You know, like Bret Hart, you know, we, Bret Hart was already big at, at the time, but now he, we can see that he's about to be a superstar. You know, it helped out right, Owen Hart's exactly. career. You know what I mean? It uh, semi helped out Viscera's career uh, as King Mabel. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though that kind of flopped. Uh, you know, Ken Shamrock was a winner before too. Sheamus has been a King of the Ring uh, winner. The last King of the Ring we had was Xavier Woods. So you know, not everybody yeah. is a big star coming out of the King of the Ring, but it definitely helps elevate. Um, a lot yeah. of stars. Booker T, did you mention him? Yeah, Booker T. Yeah, he became yeah, King Booker. Booker King Booker. King Booker. <laughs> so, yeah, so during this time, you know, Ted DiBiase was, you know, a pretty big star here in the, here in the F. Um, and it's just, you know, it just, he, he was actually, I'm surprised that he actually never became the world champion. You know, there was that one time where, where I, what was that? Uh, the, the, the Earl Hefner, uh, paid another referee to put his same face on another referee, <laughs> according to Hulk Hogan. 
And so that's how Hulk Hogan won the belt to, to Andre. Then Andre gave it to Ted DiBiase and Ted DiBiase wore it around. So there was, I, a, that I was like the only, that. yeah, that was like the only time he was like the world champion at this time. But like, you know, we could see that Ted, B, Ted, Ted DiBiase was a big uh, figurehead uh, during this yeah. time. He definitely, you know, he's definitely getting that good old push, brother. So, yeah, I didn't even really know of him as a wrestler. Like, you know, by the time I got back, he, you know, he was always in WWF when I was watching the Crockett stuff and I couldn't watch WWF. And by the time I was watching WWF, he was more like a manager kind of. Um, so I, I never really knew of him much as a wrestler until like, you know, fairly recently, actually. Yes. But he was a big name and he was a big star. Yes. And uh, he actually made his name before the F in Mid-South Wrestling. And Mid-South Wrestling actually had a lot of cool, like, you know, very old school territory, very, very traditional yeah. style wrestling. But boy, I was sure. watching. I actually have that Mid South uh, DVD or Blu-ray that the uh, that the WWF released um, yeah. a couple of years back. I don't think it's even on Peacock, but it has some pretty good matches from Mid South and everything. You know, Mid South more of like a a seventies territory, but very very good uh, wrestling when it comes out there. And that's where Ted DiBiase pretty much made his name until he became the Million Dollar Man and and the F brother. But he he was always a great wrestler, you know. Maybe not his son was, but uh, he was definitely a, a good wrestler. But yeah, I'm the same as like you. Like I think my first, when I first found out about Ted DiBiase, it because when I was I started wrestling wrestling as a, you know started out in 1998, so he was already in yeah. WCW at that time, just fucking managing the NWO and like doing nothing. So right, exactly, exactly. So the only thing I probably I probably heard about him when he was in the the WWF prior and he was managing Steve Austin. Yeah, he was wasn't he the ringmaster's uh manager. manager. Yeah. And he, he gifted yeah, them yeah. the million dollar belt. He did, yes. So <laughs> but yeah, you know, he's definitely a good wrestler though. When you watch a lot of old tapes and stuff, you know, he's he's a definitely a good wrestler. And I always liked his team of him and IRS, what are they called? The um uh Money Inc. So they were a good team too. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because you have like a rich guy and an IRS agent teaming up, which is kind of odd. Well, that means that since he hired the IRS guy, he knows how to cheat his taxes. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, kind of like our boy Roy. Key. Actually, you know, Roy would fit in really good with Money Inc. You know, he looked a little shady. You know what I mean? With his little tight shirt on <laughs> and his little pro. All the yeah, we'll get to him soon. We'll get to him soon enough, brother. All right. Yeah. So let me run down some of these matches really quick. So it was a pretty good tournament, actually. We would have saw this night. Uh, so we had the first match was Ken Bater. He defeated Nikolai Volkov. Oh. That shit was like 10 minutes, yeah, too. Bad. I was like, damn. Wow. So Ted DiBiase defeated Brutus Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake. Our boy has made it back to the retro blood, baby. Ron Bass defeated the Barbarian. Right. Oh, I would have loved seeing that match. Ron Bass versus the Barbarian. Mm. And guess how? Guess how our boy Ron Bass won, Allison? Guess Dis- disqualification. You got it. <laughs> you got it, brother. <laughs> oh, this is this is an interesting one. Shawn Michaels defeated yep. Dangerous Danny Davis to advance in this yeah. tournament. So he was solo in the tournament because he was still on the Rockers at this point. Yeah, I don't think he became like yeah. solo until like what? Probably like part of like towards the nineties more. So. Mm. Very early nineties. Well, it is in the night. Yeah, early nineties is what I was thinking. But yeah, he. Uh, I'm actually surprised to see them in the WWF at that point. 
Um, because they were the Midnight Rockers somewhere else. Yeah, at the AWA. That's what they were the Midnight Rockers. At the AWA, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think they were. I think they came in around like '87. Okay, maybe, maybe so. Maybe it might be right. I don't, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I knew that they came in. They were, they were big in another territory, which I guess was AWA. Um, and then they were, they were just hot as the Midnight Rockers, and then they came in as the Rockers and WWF. Check out this weird match. Bad News Brown. Bad News Brown. Yeah. And Hercules, they wrestled for a double countout. So we can't have no man advance. <laughs> so they're too, they're too vicious on each other to advance in this tournament. Right. So that turned into basically, uh, I guess, they both got out of the ring and they were just both fighting, punching each other really slow. Yes, you know, of course. Two big men fighting each other outside yeah. the ring. And then they just counted them both out. Yeah, duh. That's how it happens. But you know, so too, neither one of them would, too would vicious. go through. Yeah, too vicious. So the next match, we have Randy Savage, the big star in our mm-hmm. tournament here, with Miss Elizabeth, yeah. defeated Virgil. Okay, let's move on. All right, sure. <laughs> we have the, the Red Rooster brother, Allison's favorite Ooh, wrestler. Terry Taylor, Terry Taylor. Uh, defeated Marty Jannetty. So we do have uh, the so rock, both, both rockers, both rockers yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Marty Jannetty and uh, Shawn Michaels. So. so then we have a ran- random match. I don't even know why it's here. We have Mark, Mark. We have Mike Sharp. He defeated Boris. All right. I don't know who either one of those people are. Yes, I don't think Me either. So then we have that flag match that we talked about earlier, won by Jim Duggan. Yep. And now we're in the quarterfinal matches. We have Ted DiBiase defeated Ken Patera. Probably a really good match okay. there. Ron Bass, our boy Ron Bass over here. Guess yeah. who did he defeated? And I'm surprised that he has not told the world like Chris, Chris Jericho did. Ron Bass defeated... Randy Savage. No, no. He defeated Shawn Michaels. Oh. Oh, he defeated Shawn Michaels. Okay. Yes. So, you know, it was like, I defeated the great Shawn Michaels, everybody. So, then we had oh. the Red Rooster. He defeated Mike Sharp. Right, okay. Uh, Randy Savage, he defeated and eliminated the Red Rooster. Oh, okay. And that's well, how we in got... The same, in the same... Uh, no, the, the, uh, we had quarterfinal matches, and then we had... Now we're in uh, semifinals. Now we're okay. in semifinals, right. yeah. So, Ted right. DiBiase is going on to the, the semifinals, and then Ron Bass won his match, and then the the Red Rooster won his match. So we have Randy Savage and the Red Rooster. So obviously Randy Savage yeah. won. So he's going on to the final match. Then we have right. uh, Ted DiBiase and Ron Bass. And of course, Ted right. DiBiase beat our boy Ron Bass. And then we had... Sad day. Yeah, sad, very sad day. And of course, we have Ted DiBiase. He defeated Randy Savage. And Allison, how do you think he won this match? Uh, well, you can't win it by DQ, right? No. Okay, but, but what uh, can you win it? Won by? it? I don't know. I mean, it, it's not for a title, so technically, I guess you could win a tournament by DQ. Uh, he won it by, I don't know. Tell me. One of the most dan- dangerous finishers of all, the countdown. Oh, the figure four. No, oh, the not count-out. the, the figure four. What the hell are you talking <laughs> about? What are you? You ain't doing no figure four here in the eighties, brother. This is his Ric Flair. No, all right, we're doing Ric the countdown. <laughs> well, so that was a, I'm sure, an amazing tournament final that that they won by countout. Yeah, 
So what Ted DiBiase did, he low blow. happy with that. He probably low blowed his ass, and then the referee counted yeah. to ten, and then there we go. Ted Ted DiBiase is your new king of the ring. Or maybe he paid the referee off. Oh, that's true. He might have counted him out. Maybe so. Not a bad tournament. Actually, that would have been pretty fun. You got some really yeah, good it stars been fun there. To be there. Yeah, definitely. This would definitely be fun. And anytime you can see like Randy Savage on top and Ted DiBiase, you know you're gonna have a good match. So and we got some we got some good stars in between as well too. So definitely a fun car. You know, back back in the day, those WWF house shows were big money makers. So they definitely probably put a lot into that tournament. But Allison, what are we gonna be listening to on our way to the uh, to the Blades release to the to the to the WWE house show, what are we gonna be? What are we listening to? <laughs> so um, this actually came out a few days after this movie was released, but um, as we've stated before, we've been in this visiting this week and this month a lot in the last year. So um, we'll pretend like we got an, a three day advance copy of this album. But um, the great crossover band Suicidal Tendencies released "Control by Hatred," "Feel Like Shit," "Deja Vu." which is the kind of a long title, but that's what it was called uh, on the 15th, or excuse me, the 17th, which is like, you know, four or five days later. Um, it's kind of an EP, um, but it's, it's, it, it's, it's full length, but it's considered an EP because it was like leftover songs and extra songs that they, that they, you know, they had laying around and some covers, but um, suicidal tendencies. Are you a, fan of suicidal tendencies or you know anything about them i know a little bit about them um you know pretty famous like punk band i believe yeah kind of i mean i would like they were a punk band when they first started like a hardcore band but i would they're kind of a crossover thrash band so they're like i don't know if we talked about crossover before but like crossovers like um like a lot of bands that started off as like hardcore bands or punk bands kind of crossed what they call crossover they crossed over to be to play more of a thrash metal sound, but they still had like like the early they had like the punk attitude still, but they were playing like more complex music that was more metallic with guitar solos and things like that. I guess a current um, example of something like that would be almost like what metalcore is. Like you know, metalcore was like all those hardcore kids that decided to play metal. Crossover was kind of like that in the eighties. Like DRI was a crossover band. Uh, Agnostic Front was kind of a crossover band, uh, and Suicidal Tendencies was a big crossover band. And they, by this point, they had already crossed over. But in their early days, they were more of a punk band. But by this point, they had gotten a better lineup. Rocky George was their lead guitar player, and uh, Robert Trujillo, who is now the bass player for Metallica, was in the band. Um, and um, this was like following up on um, like right after they got big, like they were as big as they ever got, I guess, where they were signed to epic and they were putting out like albums that people that were playing on MTV and uh things like that and i actually met them in 92 i believe they're opening for Queensryche. Oh, nice. um they had this free meet and greet back in the day when you could do a meet and greet for free yeah um but yeah i met them and they were all like um just sitting at this table looking like they didn't want to be there um and then they were they had they gave you this like little yellow sheet with, with like it looked like a had their photos on it and it looked kind of like a uh, press release kind of like something you might give to a magazine if you want if they were going to do an article about your band um and then they all signed it and 
The only thing I really remember about it was Mike Mirror, their singer, was sitting there listening to his headphones the entire time and um, not talking to anybody. He would just sign the thing and then move it on. And this girl that was in front of me was, uh, she got up front, she was in front of me and she handed him his thing to sign. And he signed it and she said, What are you listening to? And he, he like looked at her and he said, Thank you. And then that was it. <laughs> and then she moved on the line. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They were, uh, you know, for 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 doing something they clearly did not want to do, they, yeah, I guess it was fine. Yeah. I still have that autograph too. Maybe I'll take a picture of it. We can post it on the Facebook. There you go. But I've still got that. I've still got that autograph thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, you never know what you're going to meet when you meet bands. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you don't know if you're going to get somebody outgoing. You're not. You're not going to know if you're going to get somebody who's very like introverted. Don't want to talk to nobody. Like, you just you yeah. just never know. Like. Or they'll do the thing where, like, if they're a foreign band, they'll just act like they don't know English, yet all their words are in English. <laughs> That's what happened when I met in Flames. Like, I met him outside, like, oh, yeah. out of this, like, parking lot. I go up to him and say, hey, man, I'm a big fan of your stuff. And he started talking to me in Swedish. I was like, bro, I just heard you speak in English <laughs> the whole fucking set. Don't give me this Swedish shit. Okay? So I was like, whatever, uh, man. But whatever. That- but that wasn't an official meet and greet, though. Like, you were trying to stalk them, though, right? No, no, no. I was just, no. Well, no, I wasn't trying to stalk them. Like, basically, uh, this, it was like some theater. I, th- I can't remember. It was somewhere in Fort Worth. All right. Mm-hmm. And how the venue worked was their buses were outside. And when we leave the, the, when we left, we just went around this other exit. And then when you went to yeah. the exit, they're just hanging outside, outside their bus, just having drinks <laughs> and just chilling. So me and my friends yeah. just walked over to them and just started hanging out with them, hanged out with Corpse Grinder for a little bit too because they played together. Yeah, and right. it just like, like you know, some of them wanted to talk. Like Corpse Grinder talked to all of us. He was like hanging out oh, with everybody. He's, he's he's a nice guy though. I mean, yeah. you know, the guy from Cannibal Corpse. He's a great he's a great guy. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. So they were probably just like, I don't want to talk to fucking you. I just played a show. I just want to be left alone. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know. But you know, you know, it just depends. You know, you never know what you're gonna get with people and stuff. Which is, you know, I get it. So, but you know, to me though, if you, especially if you're like a beginning band, like you can't be like assholes to your fans. You know what I mean? Like maybe later yeah, on when you get your yeah. shit out there and like you're, you're kind of like in a good celebrity status and shit. But if you're like a beginning band, like you can, if you, it's kind of like wrestling, you know, you have like your hard, your hardcore listeners of, of the genre, you know, will support right. you. You don't have like casual fans if you're just a beginning band. So you know you need true, to you true. need you need to kiss your your fan base a little ass a little bit you know what I mean yeah. and then once you well, get to yeah. a good status then you can start being a little more of a jerk yeah because you I mean you gotta you gotta rent you're you're walking that fine line always right you you know yeah. you you've got to like kind of shake hands and kiss babies as they say um to, you know because if people like you they're gonna want to buy your stuff that's just the way it is and you know people are so much easier to get along with if they like you um but then you know, like, I feel like maybe these bands really shouldn't do these meet and greets if they don't really want to do them, but that's also a way they make money and nobody buys records anymore. So their management's probably like, well, if you do this and you'll make this, you know, X amount of money and, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a meet and greet coming up sometime next month. So we'll see how that goes. Well, but, oh yeah. Um, Who are you doing it for? Yeah. I'm going to do a meet and greet with the black crows. Oh, okay. So, um, but so so meet and greets can go like, so I've done a couple. They can either go yeah. like pretty cool or they can go like, ah, did I really pay for this shit? And I'll give you two yeah. examples. All right. So a long time ago, probably like 2010, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe like 2010. 
I got to meet the 69 eyes. And that was really cool. Right. Because they were like right. very friendly. They talked to us. I gave them liquor. We all partied. It was cool. You know what I mean? Obviously, mm-hmm. you don't do that a lot with the bands, but you know, they, they, they came in, they talked to everybody. They were standing up, talking to everybody, shaking hands, you know, being really cool. You know, one of my favorite bands. And then I made an, one of my other favorite bands, Amorphous. I met them actually last year when I came around. Yeah. I brought their meet and greet and they're just sitting at a table. Like half the people don't even want to talk to you. It's just like, what the fuck, guys? You know what I mean? It's like they it's like yeah. it's like they were forced to be there. You know what I mean? It's like Which they were. <laughs> yeah, but they probably were. But it's like, you know, I get it. Like they have like these it, the problem is with these meet and greets, you know, it's 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 not, you know, cheap. You know what I mean? And you're waiting outside yeah, for like hours cheap. and hours and hours. Like I waited outside for like maybe like an hour and thirty minutes before the show even before the meet and greet ever even began. You know what I mean? Ugh. And I go in That's there. It's not it takes making like, me want to do this. It takes like two <laughs> seconds. They're sitting on a chair. You, know, you talk yeah. a little bit. You don't really know what to talk about. So you're talking about two seconds yeah. and stuff. You take a photo and you leave. And I said, hey, main singer, you're my favorite guy. And he just blows me off. I'm just like, what the fuck? So, you know, I still like the band yeah. and everything. But, you know, I get it. They probably had to deal with a bunch of marks all the time. I get it. But it's like, fuck. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of like wrestling meet and greets. I've yeah. never really done wrestling meet and greets. I don't know if I've ever even done one. Yeah. But it just I just don't know what to say to these people. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like I've just waited in line for 30 minutes or whatever to meet the Young Bucks. I mean, yeah. what do I say? Well, know? actually, I, mean, I have when I met the Young Bucks, that was actually pretty fun. Okay. I actually have video of that on uh one of my YouTube channels. Facebook page? Oh, never mind. I'll yeah. I'll put it I'll put it on the Facebook page <laughs> of me meeting the Young Bucks. It's actually pretty cool. So I met him outside when uh, WrestleMania came to Dallas, not this last year, but like the year before, a couple years before then, I think it was like 33, something like that, you know, where it had yeah. the uh, Roman Reigns and Triple H boring match on top. Right. Uh, sure. Ring of Honor was there with the Young Bucks. They had like a meet and greet. And this was, this is actually was, I don't say it was free, but you had to like, you, you could pick who you want to. And actually, I think this might've been free actually. Like if you had a ticket, you can go meet him and you can meet like Jay okay. Lethal was one of them that I remember. Um, the Young Bucks, and then there was somebody else. I believe it was Moose, but I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, when I went up to the Young Bucks and stuff, you know that was the time when they're doing the Suck It. So they and they had yeah. the uh, the New Japan or uh, six man tag team titles. So you get to like pose with them with the with the with the belt and stuff. And they're like, okay, what pose do you want to do? I was like, well, my girlfriend's over there. Why don't we just tell her to suck it? And then they, they start laughing and everything. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I mean, I think yeah. it's also depends on the person too. Like, you're a pretty likable guy, and people like you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like the people just kind of naturally like you. I think so. I think that's kind of the difference between like I'm much more of a standoffish type of person. So I think that you know, I think that vibe kind of carries over. Like, if I go and meet somebody, they're just like, ah, oh, this guy doesn't really want to talk to me either. Um, well, or, I think one know, of the worst just- ones I met was Ric Flair. Yeah, I met him at fucking Frightmare Weekend. I was super excited meeting him because I love Ric Flair. This motherfucker yeah. was so drunk or shit. He didn't pay attention to me the whole time. I was trying to talk to him. But, you know, it's like he was trying to talk to some other people in line. I was like, yo, I'm right here, man. I was like asking him. I was like, hey, what's up? What's up? He didn't even like look at but, me. But did he take a picture with you or anything? Yeah, he took a picture with me and didn't like, he just mm-hmm. didn't even say nothing. Like, he just wouldn't, like, nothing. I was like, what the fuck, man? He didn't <laughs> even like look me in the eye or anything. So, you know, I mean, I get it, you know, I mean, people just sit there, you got to meet like a thousand people, you know, you can't cater to everybody. I mean, I get it. I never right. took offense to any meeting any celebrity and they kind of blow you off. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I've never told this story on the show and I don't know why, but this is a funny story. I know what we got to get into the movie, but this is actually a funny story to, to illustrate 
how things how different things can be. So I don't think I've ever I don't know if I've ever told you this. Did I tell you the story about me meeting John uh, George Romero? Not George Romero, no. Okay, so I met George Romero at a convention years ago, right? And I got him to sign a Dawn of the Dead DVD that I bought from him. So I met him twice actually, because I wanted this other movie that he had called Night Riders. So I went on the first day of the convention, and then I went again on the last day of the convention. The first day of the convention, he was super nice. He was outgoing. He was talking to me. We're having conversations about movies and all kinds of stuff. Um, he signed my, my shit, and I left. I went back the last day of the convention. I bought the other movie, and I said, hey, George, how's it going? And he's like, he's like, be doing great when I get the fuck out of here. That's yeah, literally damn. what he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he signed, my, he signed my DVD, and I got the fuck out of there. Um, but yeah, that was, um, so, I mean, you know, on the first day when they first start doing it, you know, they're kind of in a good mood by the end of it. They're just like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Which reminds me, and we'll get onto the, uh, the rest of the review after I say this story too. So there was one, uh, event that I got, to, that I got to go to was a, it was a TNA slam reversary that happened in uh, Arlington, Texas. I think it was around 2018. And I had a friend right. that basically got free tickets because the people who agreed to go with them, they, they backed out. So he, he invited, he was gracious enough to invite me and a, uh, another friend of ours. Uh, and we got like front row tickets and everything. We even got like a chair and everything. So he bought like wow, front nice. row tickets. He got like this special chair that I still have to this day signed by a bunch of That's impact awesome. people. And we got to do, you know, we had to do pictures around the ring and we got to do a big photo op <laughs> with like some of the wrestlers um, after that and I just remember like it's my turn to go and take the photo and everything and there's two oh. things there's three things I realized number one uh, I saw how high Conan was at the time and I thought that was funny right <laughs> I didn't realize how short Brian Cage was uh, but it kind of right. makes sense now since you know a lot of shorter dudes are a little bit more muscular and yeah. the, and Tommy Jean were like asking me the most famous line I, I've ever heard from wrestler before <laughs> so I take the photo of everybody Tommy Dreamer comes up to me is like, is like, hey brother, hey, how much did you pay for this? I, I kind of know. I don't want to know what my payout looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, bro, I didn't get it. I got it for free. <laughs> so I told him. Tommy, like, oh. Tommy's, Tommy don't want to get stiffed by the broker. <laughs> they don't think I get stiffed by the broker, bro. He's like, how much is my payout going to be for this? I want to know how much you paid, so I know how much my payout's going to be. <laughs> exactly. Because the like, broker will tell him that he got. He, everybody paid a dollar. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I was like, this is so great. Like, I was like, that's like probably like the best line a uh, wrestler could ever tell me. I loved it. So that was cool. And then Tom, I, Tommy's probably like, yeah. great. It's like they give this shit away for free too. Yeah, he's probably he's like, fuck, Tommy's like, my payout right. zero. Zero dollars, brother. <laughs> so and then like my friends, they stayed over. Like I left, but they they got to meet like RVD and stuff. They said he was super cool. So you know, you never know what you're gonna get with like athletes or stars or movie stars and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never know. But you know, it's so you, you always gotta try. So sure, absolutely. You know, you never know when you're gonna get the chance again, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but let's get on to uh, some of the stars of Blades over here. Yeah. Uh, so pretty... tell me. So, so tell me, James, yes. who booked this shit? Yes. Who booked this shit? <laughs> so this is very interesting movie so it was written or had the story by this guy named john p finkelman all right sure and i'm not sure what else he's done probably nothing uh so i was trying <laughs> to look up his stuff and i couldn't really find anything but he did do right. like this whole like exclusive event talking about blades and all this stuff and how he came up with the idea of blades and stuff and basically everybody's yeah. thought was correct 
It is supposed to be a Jaws parody. All right. He wanted to do a horror movie inspired by Jaws on a golf court, golf court because he was a big fan of golf. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, I can't. Like when I turned this shit on, and I was like, are you telling me this fucking movie is about golf? Oh my god. Anyway, so it's all about golf. You know, he is very. You know, this is low budget, obviously, and uh, independent. You know. Obviously, director at the time, he got a rel- relatively unknown cast. You know, at this time as too, at this time as well, and um, you know, not not too much on the budget with this one. They've only filmed it about six weeks. They did it over here. It was Which all, I find amazing know, that yes. this movie took that long to make. You know, you're kind of right. You about know, that. I, I I would think you can make this movie in a fucking weekend, really, if you really <laughs> tried. But yeah, according to what I saw, they spent 50 days filming this. And I'm like, how? How well, you did know, this take 50 days? They'd have our boy Dick. You know what I mean? They had to film his his, uh, his going to jail and shit. That probably takes a bunch of time. <laughs> okay? Sure, so, sure. And there's also, you know, so this movie was actually released in, you know, obviously, you know, ni- uh, 1989. And uh, it was released, um, you know, in one of those like grindhouse style theaters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know, not, you know, you know, they they basically had those like theaters and still during a little bit of this time, like the little underground theaters and stuff, to yeah, kind of showing off this movie. So. Which which you know that was pretty typical of a trauma film. So this is a trauma production, and you know they they always pride themselves on being a completely independent film company, even though they haven't always been truly independent. Like they they had to deal with New Line for a while. But, I mean, they have made some really good movies. This is not one of them, but they have made some really good movies. I mean, they made The Toxic Avenger. Uh, they made Sergeant Kabuki Man. Um, they made Death by Temptation. The, uh, Tromeo and Julia. They've made some pretty good movies, pretty good independent movies, even though they all kind of look like the quality of, like, a porn film from the 80s. It's kind of what they all look like. But, you know, they have made some decent movies. Um and I guess, like, for what this movie was supposed to be, it, it kind of succeeded in, at it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, so every time I see, like, the, what is it, trauma, you know? Trauma? Tra- yeah. Every yeah. time I see them, it's like, you know, it's going to be, like, semi, like, goofy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you know, during this particular time of the 80s and stuff, you know, we, we the whole horror movie genre and stuff, you know, a lot of people like to use it to kind of like make it for like comedies, you know, because of all yeah. of the uh, over the topness that a lot of like horror movies had. So we mm-hmm. were we were gaining a lot of like comedy style horror movies, you know, to kind of go along with the fad of having a bunch of like horror movies being released all the time. So we we you know this month is also you know it's not only about killer objects, but it's also about the comedy within horror movies, you know, or like the. Uh, the the idea of having like this over super over the top stuff happen that is so over the top right, right that it's just funny right you know right it's it's so ridiculous that you can't take it seriously yeah like but this one so you're telling me when I read the, the the description of the movie or see it on the trailer it's about a killer lawnmower I mean obviously uh, you listen um, to that it's not going to be fucking you know. It's just going to be like, yeah, okay, you, you could tell what kind of movie you're, you're going into, you know? Right. Yeah. 
Exactly. And, you know, as, as we go through this scene by scene, I'll point out all the movies that all yeah. the scenes were completely taken from Jaws. But, yes. um, but yeah. And, you know, th- the thing is, so one of the big movies that we talked about before here on the Retro Blood, Evil Dead, was one yeah. of those movies. It wasn't made as a comedy. It just so happened to be very funny, you know, <laughs> in certain right. parts. So, but these movies, these like trauma movies, they are, they are supposed to be funny, even though with this one, it really wasn't that funny. It was actually a little bit more annoying, but you know, yeah, it was just, it was just, yeah. But everybody's different stuff. But you know, there was some good parts to it, like we'll get into. But you know, I always can respect, you know, you know, making different ideas or or trying to be a little more out there. You know what I mean? But you know, there's Mm -hmm. some things that, you know, especially with this month, it's going to be a little tough to to justify some of the, uh, (laughs) you know, spending. But you know, let's say we did see this at theater. Are we justifying spending our eight dollars or five bucks or whatever it was at the time to watch this shit? So, but I say we get into it, everybody. I say we get into the full review of Blades. Let's do it. Let's do it. Golf. For the pros at Tall Grass, it's a game of big money and prestige. We're going to have the finest tournament this golf course has ever seen. My God, we're talking TV, Roy. A game where playing around implies much more than just 18 holes. I think I like your shot better. And a game where the term sudden death has very recently taken on a whole new meaning. I've seen mutilations, amputations, and decapitations. We're dealing with a maniac using some kind of a power tool. His head had been severed clear on his shoulders. What are we going to do? Now, they are faced with the dilemma of whether to call off the tournament. Absolutely not. You still don't know what you're dealing with, do you? Or confront the deadly killer. (laughs) On his own turf. when you thought it was safe to putt. So we start off, we have kids drinking by the lake. And I was like, okay. Are we just going to straight copy Friday the 13th now? Or what's going on here? <laughs> okay. So we have like this girl. She's in a kiss shirt, by the way. Don't think we didn't notice. Yes. And this yeah, is the that. kiss that we talked about that didn't have the fucking face paint. So it's that. Yeah, she liked that era of Kiss Brother. She, yeah, you can tell by her by her hair. Yes, I mean it was a cool looking shirt and everything. I'm just saying she liked that era mm-hmm. of Kiss Brother. So, so we have this character. His name is Don. All right, and he's talking to this other guy, named like Peter. And they're talking back and forth. And Don's talking about like, yeah, you know, these girls they just want to overstimulate me and everything. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, and then of course the girl, um, Jenny. She wants to go like, you know, she wants Don to pay attention to her. She wants him him to get into the water. He's like, oh, I can't get in the water. It's too cold. And she's like, oh, okay, whatever. So she's like, I need to go to the restroom. And of course, the other guy, the Peter guy's like, oh, let me go. I'll do it. I'll do it. And he's like, and Don eventually agrees to, to, to help escort Jenny to a place of pissing. Right. A place of pissing. Yes. 
And of course, the the, the Peter, he's looking and he sees uh, some water moving, but it's just people kissing out of the water. So Jenny, they try to try they trying to find a place to like piss or something, or basically it's not really pissing. They just want to find a place to go fuck, or at least Jenny does. Like she wants some right. sort of dawn. She wants the dawn, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, so, I know what you mean. So one part she's not cool with, but then she's cool with this other part like five minutes away, okay? So, but then Don's like, no, we can't do it here. Let me go over <laughs> here. And we have this whole thing where she keeps calling out his name and everything. He eventually scares her. She gets a little upset. They kiss. And then we have, and I, I'm not even joking about this, okay? We have the lawnmower evil dead vision. <laughs> You're like they did an Evil Dead with the camera going very fast in first-person view? Yeah. That's what I thought they were ripping off. But did they do this in Jaws yeah. or no? Yeah, yeah, they did. So, like, when in the first scene in Jaws, like, so the thing about Jaws that, I mean, everybody, well, may or may not know, is that mo- is that in Jaws, the shark didn't work most of the time. So they, they intended to show the shark more often, but they really couldn't get the little animatronic thing they had to work. So what they did instead was they showed a first-person view from the shark's viewpoint going through the water a lot so that that's where this came from it's like you know like when it's like i think it's a little bit later on when it, when the lawnmower is going through the grass that's like a directly a scene from jaws and so is this yes so eventually jenny and don they're all kissing and then of course the lawnmower chops him up to pieces brother and that's how we open up the movie yeah so now after the opening Excellent. credits of blades we're at a, a small town all right, we see a town shots and everything, and we're in the town, or we're at the community of Tall Grass Country Club. <laughs> wow, Tall Grass. Tall grass. We have a lawnmower that's cutting people. Tall. Okay, we get it. So we see like this old guy. He's like playing golfs and shit. And I was like, this, I was like, first of all, I was like, I was like no way. There's no way this whole <laughs> gimmick's gonna be about a golf course. But boy, it surely was. <laughs> Definitely unique, though. No. I never thought I'd watch a horror movie about a golf course, but hey, why not? So, um, so they're, they're like talking about golf and everything. So now we meet two of our main characters. We have Kelly. All right, she is like the uh, at the time she's trying to get into the pro. So I don't really know that too much about golf. So this is like I was so <laughs> so I don't know about you, but this movie was like a half lesson about learning golf. <laughs> <laughs> which I never thought this was going to happen, um, but apparently it was. So apparently I, mean, I know a little bit about golf. So, you know, I had my, some of my family members. I know all rich white people play golf a lot. You know, obviously everybody mm. loves Tiger Woods. That's a kind of like my, when I think about golf, I think about shady people trying to make deals. And I think about Tiger Woods. That's about it. When it comes to my golf knowledge. Um, right. So I was getting like a master class over here in fucking golf. So apparently, right, sure. There's this golf course owner. His name is Oscar. He he has to have this tournament happen at his golf course because they're going to have like TV cameras. It's going to be like something really big for the golf course community. All right. And Kelly, right. she is like his like number one at the time. And she's trying to get like to like something called a pro. Yes. Which I'm not exactly sure what that is. I mean, does she like? I guess she like. And when you're at pro level, she like managed the golf course or something. No, the, the golf pro is teaches people how to play golf. Oh, okay. Basically, 
Why do they, um, why do they act like they own the place then? Um, well, I mean, it's an important job to have. I mean, like it's a big, it's a big deal to be a golf pro at a golf course. Um, cause you're basically paid to, uh, to play golf yes. basically. Um, so, um, so basically they'll kind of like, they give, they give like golf lessons sometimes and they're like the pro that, uh, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like they, they're not a teacher, but they kind of give advice, I guess. And then they play golf with people and gotcha. Um, so like the, like the, the figurehead, like the number one person, like the, yeah, the, usually the top they star, are, the they top are star, pro, the top star yeah. in the territory. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. They, they typically are a pro golfer who, um, gets a, a salary for hanging out at a golf course, I guess, kind of. Gotcha. I mean, I'm sure there are golfers out there listening to us that will be able to explain that better. But that's my understanding is like they're they're kind of like they're kind of like they they kind of give people advice gotcha. basically on on their golf game. So Oscar, he's like the uh, the golf owner, like I was saying, and he wants the to talk owner. to Kelly. He yeah, the golf course owner or whatever. He wants to talk to Kelly <laughs> in his office. Sure. Right? Yeah. Then we cut to one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So we have this older lady, which which we found out is going to be Oscar's wife, B. Mm-hmm. That's her. That's her nickname is B. She had a real name, but I don't remember what it was, Man, or it was too like it, it's not important. But B, she is the one. So she's like looking at this golf club, right? She's like, she's like, I don't know if I like, I don't know if I like this one. I like your shaft better. And then this <laughs> motherfucker who looked exactly like Kevin Bacon was like, he's like, yeah, this, 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 uh, this staff right better. The staff I got right here is better for strokes. And then, and then of course, Beep was like, oh, I better do this. Yeah, Betty. So we're getting some great dialogue already. Yeah. It's right? like fifth grade humor. It just makes me laugh. I don't know why. I love it. I love the little lines that they put in the, in these fucking movies are great. <laughs> And first of all, was that guy Kevin Bacon or no? Because he looked exactly that, like no, a young Kevin. It's definitely Bacon. not Kevin. It's definitely not Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was making real movies by this point. It's nineteen eighty nine. He'd already been Footloose. I got you. But yeah, he already made like, Footloose. He must have been a the, little bit. Yeah, he must have been the Kevin Bacon stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was Kevin Bacon stand-in in Footloose. So this is when Kelly she's now entering the uh, the office area, but she gets um, she gets. Uh, uh, she kind of runs in to one of our other main characters, known as Roy. He is now Roy. showed up. So now Roy starts talking to the owner Oscar a little bit, and then of course B makes herself known, talking to Roy a lot. She started flirting with him a little bit, and then eventually, um, Oscar says, "Hey, I see that you met." Uh, he, you know, he, Oscar introduced, "Hey, this is my wife B, and this is Kelly." Hey guys, this is our new pro of the course. And of mm-hmm. course, Kelly's like, what the fuck? Pro? What the hell's yeah. going on here? Because she thought she was going to be the pro. Exactly. So, and then eventually after this, we have one of the, uh, the, the grounds guy. His name is Jeff. And he is like a goofy character. <laughs> and which is, his character is a little bit weird in this. So he's like this goofy character. And he, he's saying that there's like something like, there's something in the field that you need to see right now. It's in one of those sandboxes. 
So then we have right. Oscar, Jeff, Roy, and Kelly come out here. Uh, they pass by like this guy who was like frozen in fear. I thought that was like kind of a funny little thing. Yeah. And then of course they look over in the sandbox and they see a bunch of dead body parts. Yeah, which is a scene from Jaws. Yes. <laughs> and then they uh, and then Kelly's like, "All right, pro. All right, all right, our new pro guy. What are you gonna do about this?" And he's like, "I don't know. I need a drink." Okay. So then we have Roy, and now he drinks. Okay. Yeah. So he's drinking back at like the country club, and uh, this is when we have um, we we meet another character of ours, the chief, Chief Charlie, has showed up. Yeah. All right, and they keep talking about you know, you know, Charlie is one of those cops who's like, yeah, you know, it's probably just some maniac that showed up, chopped up body parts. You probably never see him again. You know, he's probably going from town to town. Yeah, no big deal, guys. And they're like, well, are we going to be canceling this tournament? No. No, 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 no. 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 We need the tournament, guys. Okay? Let's, let's, let's get real over here. All right? Let's, this is what really is important. All right? <laughs> Some maniac. Yes. Yeah, it was... I mean, I don't know. It's, it's funny. It, it is funny. Yeah. So then, um, you know, so basically they kind of... You know, Oscar and all that, they want to kind of keep it quiet. You know? So he wants to keep all quiet and stuff. And then, um, and then, like, basically, like, Oscar's like, okay, well, you need, you know, Kelly and stuff, you got to listen to, you know, Roy now. Like, he's kind of like your, your yeah. senior guy, and she's kind of a little pissed about that. So Kelly is now right. telling, like, Roy off and everything. Um, so this is like, like, there's a scene where Kelly, like, apparently she knows history about Roy. So apparently, Roy used to be like this like really good golfer in Florida. Yeah. Okay. He won like some championships in Florida, like very like pretty popular golfer. Right. right? And apparently like he got out of golfing and you know at the time nobody really pretty much uh knew why. Um mm. and then you know Kelly just kinda giving digs at him like, yeah, you yeah, your game wasn't that good enough. You know what I mean? And she's all like, mm. by the way, Oscar, he he pro- he originally promised me uh, you know, the job and stuff. And then, like, you know, Roy was just saying, like, well, things change. Well, things change. All right? And he's like, do you want to drink yep. and stuff? And she runs off pissed off and stuff. Hmm. So now we have, next morning, we have Roy. He's playing some golf with some older people and stuff. Um, There's this guy named uh, Malcolm. He's, like, an older dude. And he's like, hey, he's like, you know, kind of a nice older guy. Has, like, his little dog named Caddy. Um, yeah. And he's like meeting, like you know how much he was a big fan of Roy and stuff, and uh, you know ha- saying something about like he watched his whole rise of his 1972 championships and stuff, like you know some sort of mark over there, you know telling him how great the guy was. Um, and then like you know it's just very, you know Roy's trying to be nice and very nice to meet you and stuff, and then uh, we see like a lawnmower kind of like in the background, like the lawnmower vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and then um and then you know eventually mel is like roy was kind of like hey you know it's kind of like late out here for you to be golfing and stuff and mel's like yeah i like to come out here late at night you know around like three o'clock or whatever because there's not a lot of people bothering me and stuff and i get a little bit more peace and quiet on my own and stuff he's like all right so mel goes off and does his golf thing and we see mel like with his little dog name is caddy all right 
And then eventually Mel, he shoots the ball and it goes into the woods. And he's trying to get Caddy, his dog, to come in the woods to help him retrieve the ball. But Caddy's like, right. no. It, it refused to go in there. And of course, Mel goes in there to retrieve his ball. And he is chopped up by our shark-like lawnmower. Yeah. Although technically at this point, we don't know it's a lawnmower, right? We, we just think it's something. Yeah, it's something. You know. Yeah, it's like a mystery chop up machine thing <laughs> or idea or something. Whatever. Yeah. So after this, um, so after we have the our boy Mel gets uh, mm-hmm. chopped up by a mystery something, we see Roy's room, which is super dirty. We see drinks everywhere. We see trophies everywhere. Uh, he's like staring at his golf trophy. He had a bunch of trophies everywhere. So you can tell Roy is kind of like the Mickey, Mickey York of this story. He's like the washed up wrestler. You know what I mean? He's like the washed up yeah. golfer guy. Yeah. And now he's at some small town community trying to take this book in of this pro. And yeah. he, his former glory days are behind him. Yeah, I was going to say he was like a former champion in, in, a, in the Florida territory. But now now he's uh, at some little community college or community yes. center. Uh, as the main event of uh, big time wrestling or something. Yes, exactly. So he's like staring at his, his past glory trophies and stuff. And then we have fucking Ox- Oscar's wife just shows up out of nowhere. B. Mm-hmm. All right. And she's like, hey, she just wants to like, you know, welcome him to everything. And, you know, she basically just lets herself in. Um, She's like, you know. She's like talking about how they haven't had a good man around there in a while, and all her friends call her B. And mm-hmm. she starts pouring drinks and stuff, so they start drinking everything. And then she she spills the the thing where this didn't really go anywhere, but she was basically saying like you know she was talking about like tall grass and how Kelly was. She's like, yeah, you know Kelly, she's a good golfer and stuff, but she has too much of a big ego and stuff. You know what I mean? She's like. She's like, you know, I, I thought she might have get mad, but like, you know, when I found out that you were free and stuff, that's why I brought you in here. Like, so basically, it was B's idea to bring Roy in as the pro, and she right, got her she way. Wants to fuck him. Yes, and she basically just wants to fuck him exactly. So after all this stuff, after she says all this stuff, then she just goes in for the kiss, all right? And then Roy's like, "Fuck it, okay, I'll fucking bang this girl. Why not?" So he's yeah, doing the he's exactly. kind of doing the dirty. We don't know if they are or not. But then Kelly shows up, all right. And then he Roy opens the door and boy, you should have saw his face. It was priceless. I loved it. And she was like, Kelly's like apologizing, saying like, you know, my attitude was pretty bad. I know we got to work together and everything. Um, he's like, here, I'm gonna give you this plant to make up with you, <laughs> all right. And then B plant. just shows up in lingerie, and then mm. like, <laughs> and then they start talking. And then of course Kelly's like. Well, I think you guys' ice is melting. Yeah. Great dialogue. Sick burn. So Kelly Kelly thinks now that Roy only got the position of pro because he's fucking the boss's wife. Which is kind of true. Yeah. Which is basically kind of true, I guess, too. Yeah. Because yeah. he is fucking the, wife, the, uh, the boss's wife. So. So... <laughs> So it was the next morning, and there's this random scene, and I don't know why I was there, but it, I had to re- rewind it twice to see if I was actually sitting with my own two eyes. 
there is a fat golfer getting chased by his caddy bag. <laughs> I was like, why is this even in here? It's just well, so it, random. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so this guy is now making fun of this other guy's golf game. And then we have mm-hmm. Jeff, uh, we have Jeff and Roy are now like talking and stuff. And, you know, Roy was just looking on, you know, cause he, he saw something in the weird in the bushes, but it was just the Jeff guy, the, the, the groundskeeper. So the tournament is getting, you know, they're getting kind of ready for this big tournament that they're trying to put on. Okay. So this is when um, Kelly and uh, Roy are like, so Kelly's like writing some stuff on a paper and Roy comes in. Mm. All right. And then he, Roy is just asking like, Hey, you know, am I doing the practices today or, or are you? And of course, like Kelly's all pissed or she breaks her pencil and she's all like, didn't you get enough strokes in last night? Ooh, burn. That's some of that like golf burn. You know it's what a I golf mean? Burn, yeah. Like strokes in, melting ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got you. Got that golf humor, brother. So, and he's like, you know, hey, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like, I didn't do. He basically saying like, hey, you know, what I do is my own business. And she's like, yeah, I know what you do with the boss's wife is on you and stuff. And then, uh, and she's like mad at him. And then she's like, I'm gonna go check out the eighth hole. Okay. So then we have like a random scene of like people like, like they're like golfing like very close by, like they're like kind of like very mm-hmm. like very like tight. It was really really weird. So the Jeff guy he says like, hey, you know, we have a loose animal, and I guess that's why a lot of people are close by because they don't want to golf near this loose animal. So he shows Roy, and what it is, it's Mel's dog, Caddy, mm-hmm. is there. Yep. And of course, Jeff's making it act like the dog is very dangerous, but it wasn't because Jeff is a weird character. He's supposed to be there for comedy relief, even though he wasn't that funny. So eventually, you know, Roy follows the dog, goes into the woods, and then that's when they see the bloody clothes of Mel, and then they find that little chopped up um, golf ball on there too. And then in the background, we see there's a strange guy in all black in the background. And we find out what that character's name is later. His name is going to be dick <laughs> so um and then of course jeff guy is saying once he sees the body parts he's like oh what are we gonna do so now we have uh a meeting our first one of our first meetings of the movie so these meetings are basically they're run by oscar the uh, the golf uh court owner and we have charlie the chief and they are telling, I guess, the staff and maybe some reporters. I'm not actually sure. Of like, hey, you know, don't worry about this, guys. We all liked, we all liked the little guy. This Charlie guy was like some of the character. He's talking about me. I was like, we all liked the little guy. All right, and I'm sorry that he died from such a crazy, gruesome, murderous death. But we got to move on, guys. I mean, we got a tournament to happen over here. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. What it was, it was just an accident. It was just some creep came by the town. You know what I mean? Did some shit and, you know, we're, and then the, I think Kelly said, or somebody, I think it might have been Roy. Yeah, Roy said, like, were well, we going to shut down the tournament? Oscar was like, no, we're not shutting down the tournament. We can't do that. You yeah. know, this is going to be, right. t- this is going to be on TV. All right, we can't do it on the, it's big for the town. Right. 
Can't shut down the tournament. There's too much yeah. money involved. And of course, at this time, Kelly agrees that she's like, yeah, we can't shut off the tournament. We got too much. We got too much charity running off this thing. And then, of course, mm. and then like, Mel, Oscar's like, yeah, the TV exposure too. All right. And then like, Roy sits down, and, and then Kelly's leaving with Oscar, and she grazes over to him with a look, like, <laughs> "I got you, bitch. I got you." <laughs> so we see in the background, Roy looks at Charlie, and he's like laughing with the ambulance driver. All right. So. Mm. Roy goes up to the uh, ambulance driver who's like just putting bags of bodies into the ambulance. He's like, hey, you like the ambulance taker? He's like, he's like, now I'm more like the morgue taker. Ha ha ha. Uh, ha ha. <laughs> I was like, well, God, here we go. And then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like talking about, so this morgue guy, he's like saying like, yeah. I don't know why this happens in like every movie. Like this morgue guy was like, yeah, you know, I never seen anything like this before. I was like, bro, these these kids just died like two days ago. You've seen the exact same thing, okay? Right. If you're the fucking yeah. more guy, he's like, yeah, I haven't seen. Right. And he starts naming all this shit that happened before. Like, yeah, you know, Mrs. Whatever, she hurt herself, and it was nothing like this. Ha ha ha. I was like, bro, we we've already seen a death from the Don and, and Jenny character. We know you saw right. dead bodies exactly like this, okay? Don't tell me you haven't seen this. God, I hate when they do that shit. It's like they don't even know their own plot. I was like, come on, guys. So he goes on, and then eventually they find, this is when they find like the little golf ball that's all tore up and stuff. He's like, I don't know what could do this. And then, of course, Roy takes it for for future plot, end of story references. He takes a little shredded up golf ball. And of course, he, now he's going to like you know now Roy is going to investigate some of the golf course. And of course, we see the lawn vision. That's what I called it in my notes: lawn vision. Lawn, lawn vision. Yes. And this is when we have the uh, that shadowy figure guy show up, mm-hmm. who his name is Dick. All right, and of course, like, and then Roy goes up to him. And is like, is that blood? No, Dick goes up to him right behind him. Is like. Is that blood? And, and Roy's like, no, it's oil. No. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, because oil looks just like blood. Yeah. And then, like, and then uh, Dick starts talking about how it's never grain this time of year. And he's saying, like, you know, not a lot of, like, water has been around here. I guess they're having had a lot of rain. And then, and then I guess Dick hears something. So he says to be very quiet, and he rushes to the wolf uh, to the to the woods, and then Roy kind of like mm-hmm. runs after him through the woods and stuff. And eventually, like he's you know Roy's running around all these woods and stuff, and eventually runs into Kelly, and he's asking Kelly like, "Did you hear anything or did you see anyone?" And she says no, and they all leave together. So at first we think this character Dick is some sort of like, you know, Field of Dreams character or some shit like that, just popping up <laughs> out of nowhere like a ghost. But we find out right. that is not the case. So, so now Roy is doing his favorite thing, drinking. Okay. Yep. So he's at the bar again with Kelly. Mm-hmm. All right. And Kelly's asked, you know, what's going on with him? And uh, uh, Kelly, you know, asked what's going on with him and stuff. He's just like, oh, I guess he's the tournament's making him kind of nervous or whatever. And uh, she asked, and then eventually Roy asks, like, hey, you ever heard of this guy named Dick Slate? 
And she's like, oh, yeah, that's what, the, yeah, that's our little masculine guy. He's like, yeah, he used to work here and stuff, do the grounds and stuff, but uh, uh, him and his dad got fired, and she wasn't sure why. All right? And Roy, um, he, he said, like, you know, he just kind of worried about the safety of the golfers. So he basically, you know, because he knows something's going on over here that's not right. You know, it's not just some right. random killer chops up somebody and leaves the town. He knows there's something not going right on this golf course, so he just tells her to keep 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 her eyes wide open. Then we have some more lawn vision. Um, so now, <laughs> I like my notes over here. So this is the next morning. Roy shows desperate housewives how to play golf. <laughs> well, that is that is kind of his job, but yeah. yes, yes, that is his uh, that is his main job. Dick shows up. All right, <laughs> starts chopping some shit around. All right, mm-hmm. and then like uh, our boy Roy checks it out, and he goes over to the to the to the where all that chopping stuff is going on because he thinks maybe Dick's the one chopping up people, but it's not. It's just the grounds guy chopping up leaves. So we have um, so now Kelly is giving like lessons to like these old guys. All right, and her lesson is. What to do when you get your ball stuck stuck in the woods? <laughs> it's such such good toilet humor. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, this movie serves its purpose, but anyway. Yeah. So, so she's well, telling. What do you do? Yes. When you get your ball stuck in the woods? Well, all right. You gotta like, you know, you gotta follow through with it. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> So she's teaching all like these golf tricks, which I didn't write them all down, but you know, basically you got to like angle yourself and do all this putt work and shit like that. And then eventually Roy just shows up. All right. Yeah. And, uh, so Roy shows up and stuff. Um, yeah. So like Roy shows up, he, he kind of like, hears a little bit of the lesson. One of the stuff I got is like, Kelly says, yeah, you always got to hook up. I guess it's some sort of golfing. I guess so, or yeah. something. I don't know. Don't know that much about golf, but I guess it is. So we have this other um we have this other golfer, you know, going off and stuff, and it's like some like fat golfer and stuff, and mm-hmm. they uh the, the somebody just keeps making fun of him the whole time, how much he sucks and everything. And I guess he goes like into the woods and then they eventually gets killed in the woods. And then, like, after, like, they, they hear, like, that noise and everything, they find the body. All the people that Kelly was training and everything, they all, like, freak out. And they all, like, run away. And I swear one of them looked like fucking Stan Lee. <laughs> out there. It was crazy. And then after this, we have another meeting now <laughs> of, like, you know, Charlie and Oscar's meeting. All right? Sure. Yeah. And then, like, Charlie's now is like, yeah, this maniac is butchering everybody with a machete. <laughs> And you ask about like, and then now they kind of like, they kind of um, suspect that it might be Dick Slate who's doing all this with shit. Cause we saw him, we saw him a little bit with a machete. Yeah. All right. And then like a Flintstones character. Yes. Um, so they are now like, uh, so now Charlie's here's Charlie's idea is all right, everybody. What I'm going to do is I'm going to deputize everybody here at the course. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going to get some good old boys with some shotguns. And we're going to do a good old-fashioned maniac hunt. 
<laughs> this is my favorite part of the movie, by yes. the way. The maniac hunt. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. And this this joke never gets old that we're about to hear, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So they all like get ready for this maniac hunt. Alright. Yeah. So you know, they're he basically just got a bunch of people riled up on the course. So at first we see like so we're doing like this hunt that we, we, we kind of meet the guys out there. They're all getting ready. They're all like, you know, my favorite one was the Stan Lee character on the fucking, uh, like like little golf court, golf cart tank looking thing. He's all freaking out. <laughs> so we have one character oh. trying to light plants on fire. He's trying to light the tree. Yes. He puts r- gas on the tree. And yes. He's like trying to, cause that's, that's kind of like a scene in Jaws too, where they're trying to like use the dynamite or whatever. Oh, okay. and Roy, and uh, 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 not Roy Scheider, but the other guy. Um, yeah, Roy. Well, yeah, guy. but in Jaws, Roy Scheider was one of the actors in it, and then I can't. Um, yeah, Roy. So Roy Scheider played the Roy character in this movie, I guess you could say. Um, but the other, we, um, uh, Dreyfus, Dreyfus's character. I can't remember his name. Um, he uh, he he stops this guy from putting dynamite into the the boat or whatever. And then, uh, that's kind of like that scene. But my favorite scene though, is like where they're running, where he's like trying to swear them all in. Yeah. And he says, and he says, um, repeat after me, I, your name. And they all say your name. Yes. It shit never gets old. It's just a fucking funny joke. that never gets old. Yeah. Um, and then the guy that's dressed in the fencing outfit. Yeah. Didn't see that running through the woods and the fencing outfit and the little fencing sword. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so stupid. It's funny to me. Yeah. So then they also start. Uh, um, Kelly is also like getting uh, trying to stop one of the uh, maniac hunters from driving <laughs> off, and eventually it's like Jeff, Kelly, and uh, Roy. And then this is when finally like uh, Kelly like apologizes to Roy because she she tells us some weird stuff going on here at the courses as well. So we can kind of see that they're kind of making up now. And, yeah, and this is a scene where they're wearing the headsets, right? Uh, uh, Roy and the girl. No, 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 no. That's coming up. That's later. That's later. Oh, that's coming up later. Okay. Yeah, this is when we just basically get a bunch of scenes of like uh, the uh, the maniac crew walking around. Then they they start wrecking havoc to like a uh, a very patriotic song. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so. So eventually, like when when uh, Roy and and Kelly, they kind of like made up a little bit. Now they go back to the bar and drink. <laughs> so we're at the bar yeah, again well, with Kelly and Roy drinking. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I would do the same thing too, I guess. Yep. So, so now Roy is like saying some personal stuff. He's like, "Yeah, because I'm better at fucking drinking than I am at my iron game." And he goes on to this whole story of how he was a great player. I guess he eventually like kind of like got out of it and he started to drink a bunch. He just started to drink all the time and that's how his game went kind of downhill and stuff. Yeah, he says he became better at drinking than he did at golf. Yes. And, you know, while they're doing this and Kelly's a little worried about what's going on, the grounds guy comes in, Jeff, he says, hey, we found something at the 17th hole. You guys better show up. It'll come by. 
So they find like another like body at the 17th hole. Charlie shows up. He's there now. All right. And then they, they, well, they didn't find a body there. They found Dick Slate at the 17th hole. Charlie yep. shows up. They have Dick Slate surrounded and stuff. And they, the reason why they think Dick Slate is the murderer now, because he has a lawnmower with him. Ooh, yeah. So, so he's obviously the maniac. Yeah. I mean, obviously. So Dick Slate has been going there, chopping people up with his lawnmower, and then mm-hmm. hiding in the woods. That's what everybody thinks now. So they take him away, brother. So, and of course, Dick Slate, he was all like, what, you guys think it's me? He's like, the lawnmower I have here is just one-third smaller than that one you're looking for. Yeah, because everybody knows that. Yeah. And then they take him away. And I was like, one-third small? And then I like saw like the final product. I was like, was it really? <laughs> I mean, they're kind of like the same size to me. <laughs> and then, of course, they take him away. And now um, Oscar is like super excited now that everybody can go back to golfing. So and then so Charlie comes up by um, Roy and Kelly said, hey, you guys can come by and check out his, this uh, Dick Slate's confession later on. And then, like, this is a totally random scene. And you could tell me this is in Jaws or not. So, like, the wife of that male character, all right, randomly comes up to Roy and starts fucking guilt-tripping him for no reason. Yes. Yeah, that's the scene directly taken out of Jaws. So this scene in Jaws, <laughs> so remember in the, when they had the lawnmower hanging up from the truck? Yeah. Like, and then they, they arrest the maniac who's dick slate and then they they have the lawnmower hanging up from the back of the truck yeah so there's a seat that so i i thought you would ask about that because there's directly because it's so weird but there's directly a um a scene like that in jaws so they go they when they go all in jaws when they go on the maniac hunt to kill the shark they do capture a shark and it's this big shark with a big mouth they're like that could be it and then but and they have it hanging from this big hook off the pier like above the dock and they're all taking pictures with it just like they are when they're hanging uh, having the lawnmower hanging so uh, in jaws not to get too into jaws maybe we'll do it one day for lights out or something but there's like a um there's like a scene earlier the first like not the first person but like the first or like the second person i think in the movie that gets killed is this little boy and he uh, roy roy schneider's character and Jaws tries to shut down the beaches after the first girl gets killed. And then they won't shut them down because it's the 4th of July weekend and, and they need to make the money. So, so in, in, in this movie, the, the lady that walks up and slaps Roy, there's a scene like that in Jaws where she finds out that Roy Scheider didn't shut down the beaches when the first person got killed and therefore she blames her son getting killed on him. So she walks up and like slaps him. Yeah. So yeah, that's the scene directly out of Jaws. All this whole scene is directly out of Jaws. Yeah. Cause she like slaps him saying like, you're his favorite male. All right. And, and you never helped him out with his slice. <laughs> uh-huh. And she's like, what's going to happen to me now? And Caddy, and Caddy. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> It's like fuck. Okay, and of course Roy is like, oh fuck, I'm just the fucking pro lady. I can't shut down this place. What are you talking about? It's like wrong movie. <laughs> wrong movie. So, 
And Dennis, you know, obviously he's saying they take the take the lawnmower away. Uh, so now we're in the confession room, and Charlie's just like yeah. laughing his head off, ha 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 ha, laughing <laughs> everything. And, and then like the detective guy is so over the top, he's like, "Let me get this straight." You know, I love I love like those like when we, like, we cut in like he's already told him, but then like the detective guy has to rehash what he just told him. Let me get this straight. Right. You're saying you didn't kill any of those people. It was a renegade lawnmower. I think Charlie's like laughing his ass off. Ah, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And then Dick tells him about the fucking machine. And then Dick goes on this like long thing about machines. Like this guy's yeah. like fucking Terminator or something. He's like <laughs> fucking like, yeah, you know, those machines. Like, they don't always work like you want them to all the time. You know what I mean? And I'll give you an example. All right. He's all like, there was like this, like, uh, and then like, he, he's like giving all these examples of how like machines don't work. He's like, yeah, you know, when you, when you put this thing on an airplane, it just acts like it wants to sometimes and stuff. Basically he's just saying like machines can go rogue, you know? And I was just thinking like, yes, they can. I've seen Terminator and so has bar, yep. our boy Dick has too. Exactly. So, and then, you know, this is uh, when, when Kelly and, and Roy, they're, they're kind of hearing this as well, too. They're in the rooms, and they're kind of like, you know, Kelly's not really believing him too much. They think they found the killer, but Roy is still, like, not sure. He's, like, he's like kind of, like, over, like, he's just kind of, like, he's thinking, like, okay, maybe this dick might have something to him. <laughs> so uh, Kelly is, like, making some vegetable juice and stuff, and... um they're talking about her. This is like a different scene. They're in like her room or something. And her and Roy are talking about the tournament and stuff and how it's going to go down. And Roy, he, he basically just wants to be extra cautious. So he's like, okay, what we need is we need to get a little bit more extra like help around the, uh, around the course and just to make sure we have all the bases covered. So this is when they plan on to put on the headsets and just have constant communication throughout the whole course when this tournament's going on. So, and also, too, Roy gets an idea. I was like, I got to check something really quick. So he goes into, like, the, the shack where the lawnmower is, like, hanging. And he wants to cut up. You got to tell me this is from Jaws, too. He wants to cut up, like, the, the lawnmower's, like, bag to see if there's any body parts in it. Yeah, that's directly from Jaws, too. And, and Jaws, Roy Scheider, and um, Dreyfus's character go to... Uh, they go, they they get drunk and they go to where they're hanging the the, the shark. Mm-hmm. It's like in this uh, warehouse type thing, just like in, in this movie. And they cut open the shark to see if uh, if there's any body parts in it. Um, just like he cuts open the bag because there'll only be grass in it if this is not the killer. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a Toro lawnmower that's hanging up. I wonder if Toro like endorsed this or if they just bought a Toro lawnmower. Um, but um, but yeah. Did you notice though, like when the grass was falling out of the bag, that a golf ball falls out? Yeah. But then when it shows the grass falling out again, that golf ball's gone, and then two more fall out. Yeah. But like, yeah, that was. That and was then at the end, there was a Playboy. Yeah, the Playboy falls out at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kelly's like, "What does this mean?" And Roy's like, "It's still out there." And Roy's like, "We got to cancel this game tomorrow." All right. And then he's all saying like, "I do remember there was this couple." They came in kind of late, and he's like, Kelly, have you seen him leave? He's like, I didn't see him leave. It's like, oh, crap. We both didn't see him leave. So they go, like, 
So they go like looking out for the, you know, to see if they could find them, that couple that was like randomly out there at night that nobody saw leave. And they look over right. and they finally found their um their golf their golf cart out there and it's in the swamp. And uh mm-hmm. Roy's checking it out and everything. Um and then he hears like he said he hears like an engine turn on and then they just get the fuck out of there. They just leave. Yeah. So so next we see the next morning with that cart getting pulled out and Redding and, and, and Kelly they they're talking um so Ray and Kelly they're talking with the, the, the owner Oscar and Oscar just thinks like, Yeah, those two last night they probably just got drunk or whatever and just left their car over here. And they're saying like, Well, we didn't see him leave or nothing like that. And so basically Ray and Kelly are trying to plead to him, like, Hey, we probably gotta cancel this tournament and Oscar's like, No, we won't cancel this tournament. Alright? It's like, and we then like, exposure. yeah, we just like, it's like, we're going to have a great, you know, t- tournament and stuff. And this is going to be on TV and everything. And, um, you know, this is going to be great exposure for all of us. And I thought you two were a little bit more game. You know what I mean? I thought you two were a little bit more uh, on my side. Well, we're, we're going to have to have a talk after this tournament. All right. So they don't get their way. We start having this tournament. So now we see the next scene, people getting ready for the tournament and everything. We have a new, and there's like, it's also being shown on TV and everything. Like we said, it's a new whole big newscast about the tournament. Um, and then like, we see like this one guy, player, I guess, is playing to cheat. All right. Cause he has like a red ball and he like hides it in his pocket and some shit. Yeah. Um, so Roy and Kelly have like these, the, the, the biggest headsets you've ever seen in your life. All right. On their heads. Those headsets were like something else. And yeah, getting... with those big long antennas. <laughs> yes. That was amazing. <laughs> That's great. They just look so goofy in them. And they're getting like everybody ready. And of course, Ray says, oh, I can use a drink about now. <laughs> but then he's like, Oh, but I can use I can try to do this on my own now. So Roy is going to do this one sober. Alright. So the game starts. Uh, Roy is now looking around for Jeff, the the groundskeeper guy, and then we have some like yeah. guy watching the golf on TV who's like super into it. He's basically like the modern wrestling fan. <laughs> All right. And then okay. uh, you know Roy's asking, "Hey Jeff, everything looking good on this end?" And Je- Jeff is like, "Yeah, everything's looking good. So all the bases are covered. We don't see any kind of craziness going on." So Roy is just there doing his thing. B shows up. She's like, hey, we haven't talked in like a very long time. You know, it's at least been about 40 minutes in, into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's all like saying like, you know, we haven't talked the, the longest time, but you know, whoever wins this game to the victor goes the spoils. Huh? That means you can, you know, have me. So I guess whoever wins right. the golf yeah. tournament can have her. Well, I, that's that's what you would think from that thing but i think she she means that if he if he wins he, she he gets her even though he's already had her yeah yeah and, he's, uh, he's like yeah, not into it anymore it matters yeah i don't think it really matters if he wins or not he's probably still gonna get her if, if he wants her probably yes so dick is in the jailhouse watching the golf course with the security guard mm-hmm. i don't know why i thought that was funny <laughs> so and then randomly jeff he is now in a bar and he's trying to flirt with this girl. 
all right, in the bar. And he's talking about the field and everything. And had, uh, a lot, of, she had very big 1980s hair. Yes. And his opening, his, oh, he was like, you know, he's basically sitting not by her at the bar, right? She's like watching the TV. He's watching mm-hmm. his TV. And he looks at her and he's all like, tough lay, huh? And she's like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, tough lay. Like, you know, like that cough course, like the, the layer of it is like kind of like rough and stuff, you know. I've been trying to trim it out a little bit. He's like, he totally blows it. I was like, that's a good line. I like that. And then eventually she, she's like not paying attention to at all until he he breaks it to her that he owns the, the the golf. He's like the main guy of the golf course. Now she's all buttering up to him. Yeah, she, yeah he implies that he does. He, he yes. said, that's my golf course. Yeah, that's mine, yes. So where before all she was interested in doing was smoking, now she's interested in talking to Jeff. Yes. So now I guess Roy hired a bunch of kids. And they're saying everything is good. Okay. It's hard to find good help nowadays. I guess so. So we have the the TV newscaster. He's like interviewing Charlie and Oscar. Um, You know, they're, they're, you know, they, the TV people knew there's some drama going on in this place, but Charlie's trying to save face saying everything's good now. Don't worry about it. We got it all under control. So now we we see that. Yeah, exactly. We got him maniac. Everything's good to go now. So that one guy, we can see him cheating, all right, because he gets, mm-hmm. like, the ball out, and he gets himself out of the woods, and then the fan's like, bullshit! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> So now we have Roy talking to Kelly over the radio, um, and they, they're kind of, like, saying, like, hey, nothing's, everything's going smooth right now. Like, maybe we got the wrong, maybe, you know, Dick was the killer and stuff. Maybe everything's all good now. Um... So now B is kind of like following around like Roy everywhere. And eventually like Roy, she's like talking to him stuff. And then eventually Roy hears like a noise and he runs away and then B follows him and shit. And, um, and then we see, go ahead. (laughs) One thing I did want to say that this is kind of unrelated, but like, so the fan that's watching golf that says bullshit that you think it reminds you of, of a modern day wrestling fan. Yes. Like, yeah, he, um, so when I saw that, it reminded me of this guy. Cause I used to go years ago, um, when I lived in another town, I used to go out to Hooters to watch uh, the WWF pay per views. <laughs> and it was that era when uh, Eric Bischoff was running WWE, I guess. And, um, I can remember like this guy just like, who was obviously mentally ill, but would he would like sit at the bar. And then yell at the television when Bischoff would do something to one of the faces. Nice. Like it was, it was amazing. Like yeah, he was, just, was he, he eating? Was like, he would just. Was he eating Cheetos like our guy uh, on the movie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what he was eating. Hopefully, he wasn't drinking. But, but he would just like, he would just like scream, "No, Bischoff, no!" at the screen. And eventually, <laughs> they had to kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Super into it, brother. Yeah, I love it. So after Roy hears those noises and stuff, it sounds like a machine be following him stuff, they eventually look over and they see a guy just cutting his own grass. He's like, yeah, I do this every Saturday. Yeah. It's like, okay. And then eventually we hear a kid over the radio says he hears a noise and stuff, and now Ray races over and B comes along. And you know, at first he, he doesn't want B to come along, but she forces herself to come along. She's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we had that one cheating golfer guy. People still saying he sucks. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now Kelly, who 
I guess she's in the tournament too. She now has to concentrate super, you know, to make her little shot. She eventually like makes her shot. But then the guy who cheated, he noticed that everybody was distracted. So he threw his ball in there. And eventually he like gained like a point over Kelly because of his cheating <laughs> somehow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you really don't know anything about golf, do you? No. <laughs> okay. But anyway, yes. Okay. So, yeah. Sure, he gained a point over Kelly by cheating, yes. Yes. So now Roy's... Uh, uh, so Roy comes up to, to Kelly. He's like, hey, why weren't you listening to me? I was like, well, bro, she was just doing her fucking shot. Like, she's not going to pay attention right. to your ass. She's like, oh, sorry. I was, you know, he's like, you didn't hear my reports. And then out of nowhere, the fucking lawnmower just shows up and fucking kills the cheater guy <laughs> and chops him all up. All right. And then like everybody is like running away. And then there's, we did like this one kid just laughing the whole time. Oh, this is happening. And then of I course, saw that. I was like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't get that either. Unless he's just like happy that some rich guy is just getting eaten by a lawnmower. Pretty much. Yes. But he's not just getting eaten by a lawnmower. The lawnmower is like dragging him away. Which yeah. I'm not really sure how this works. Because this is the point where we see the lawnmower, right? And it's like an old style lawnmower that doesn't have a motor. Yeah. Well, it has a motor in it, but it's like it has, instead of having a blade on the bottom, they're like the little turn, the round blades are on the front. Fucking who knows? So yeah. Jeff, it, but uh, anyway, Jeff is now singing on TV. He freaks out. Oscar tells yeah. Charlie to do something, and then eventually the lawnmower is grabbing the cheating guy and like just pulls him away. And Roy just holds <laughs> Kelly the whole time, looking and amazing. And then, like the fan guy was like, "He's like, I always knew he was cheating." <laughs> it's fantastic. And then, like, now we're back at the prison, and Dick's like, "You're gonna let me out now?" <laughs> <laughs> so now Oscar is uh, now Oscar is just taking. He's in his office now. He's taking a bunch of phone calls and stuff about, you know, basically what happened. He's trying to save face. It's kind of like a promoter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just trying to save face of his whole place and saying everything's under control and stuff. All right. And then Roy eventually tells Oscar to get Dick out. And he eventually convinces him to get Dick out. B over there is crying a shit ton. She's like all upset. Um, and then eventually, you know, Charlie, you know, he, uh, Roy calls up somebody and then he gets Dick to be released. So, so now Kelly and Roy are about to leave and Oscar tells them like, Hey, I need you guys to do it for the grass. Do it for the grass. Do it for the tall grass. So, so he's, Oscar is just going to be fixing up this mess while why Kelly and Roy figure out how to stop this machine. So Kelly and Roy, they show up to like some sort of like mill factory or some sort of factory or like garage or big warehouse. And we see right. a bunch of men working and we find out it's Dick and Jason mm-hmm. working. All right. So Dick, so Roy's like, hey, you know, hey, you said you know how to stop this thing. And then Dick's like, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, I was up in that prison cell and stuff. And then our boy Roy's like, okay, what about $10,000? And then Dick's like, okay, how about 20? And then they agree. And then that's how he agrees to help. (laughs) So, and then he kept telling like, Jason, get everything ready. 
And I was thinking, like, was this supposed to be, like, a Jason Voorhees thing or something? I was confused. So they're, like, getting guns and all this stuff ready. And Kelly wants to come. She's like, hey, what should I bring? And Dick's like, why don't you bring a little, like, uh, why don't you bring, like, a little town stuff so you can wave us down? She's like, well, no, I, I want to come out here. It's like, you're just a little girl and stuff. You'll be too scared. And she's like, I'm not scared. He's like, well, you should be. You should be. All right. And then she's like, I'm no fool. Basically saying, like, I'm not scared and you're going to be a fool if you're not. And she's like, well, I guess I'm a fool. All right. And then and then eventually Dick's like, well, you're prettier than Roy, so you can come along. Jason, get everything ready. Gear us all up. So they gear up. They have some sort of, like, van with, like, mm-hmm. shit on it. Like, a top row with, you know gates on there and uh, basically this van they're going to be going hunting down this lawnmower and uh, Dick said he hasn't seen how the lawnmower works but he has ideas of how to beat it and of course uh, sure. Kelly had some ideas too but they don't want to listen to her because she's a woman alright and they're about to leave in about 10 minutes and they go they drive on the golf course so they're on the golf course now and then, like, you know, Dick's saying, hey, there's no turning back now. All right? And he's basically saying, and then I guess Kelly said something about drinking. He's like, you got to earn the booze around here. Oh, okay. So their plan is to, you know, Dick tells Roy to to grab a bunch of balloons and tie them up to the hay and drop them out, out, out of each, each hole. Okay? Yeah. That's their plan. So they're setting up little traps here. So they eventually set up all their traps and stuff. And then Kelly's asking Dick, like, hey, did you do this often? And he, like, agreed. I was like, well, how the fuck do you do this often? Like, you just put haze of balloons everywhere? <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a scene from Jaws, too, where they're 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 throwing these little uh, barrels off, uh, kind of. Like, they're, they're, they, they shoot the shark with these, like, a spear gun type thing. And they attach a barrel to it, and the idea is that it will pull the shark to the surface, and he'll die. Gotcha. So that's what they're doing. And there's a scene where they're throwing these barrels off the boat, um, uh, and that's kind of what this looks like. So Dick, he finds some blood. All right, and then I was like, "Let's go check on our bait now." And they could tell that the machine is close by because one of the uh, a couple of the the haze have been uh, so. Now we have Kelly and Ray, Roy, they're on the uh, the top of the van and they're talking about, you know, how there's some rough times between them. Um, but, um, you know, they, they, they decided to get along now. You know, they're like, you know, they, they know they kind of started off rough, but they're kind of like becoming like pretty good friends now. Then they see some ripped up body. All right. And then the machine shows up. So the machine now shows up. Like, they try to, like, shoot at it and stuff, and, well, no, okay. first the machine just shows up, right? And it's, like, kind of like a dawn or something, and it's kind of behind, like, a sun, so it looks like it's, like, huge. It looks like it's some sort of, like, tractor, okay? Like, some sort of big, giant machine, like something you see off Terminator with a bunch of balloons on it, all right? So, first you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be a pretty big machine. <laughs> Boy, were we wrong. Yeah. So. It's just a lawnmower. Yes. <laughs> so after the machine shows up, you know, they're like saying like, oh crap, what do we do now? 
And then he's like, we're just going to shoot this thing. And so now they're going to like wait it out. They're kind of like waiting at nighttime. Um, so this is when we get the whole backstory of what this machine is. And I could not believe my ears. Okay. Do you, okay. <clears throat> if I may. <laughs> so, really so Dick. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't believe there's a fucking backstory to this. So Dick is saying, oh, I can't believe I saw that thing out there. They're like, whoa, what are you talking about? You know that thing? He's like, yeah, let me tell you guys something. You know that lawnmower out there? That was my father's lawnmower. All right? He built that thing. Yeah, my father used to work on this farm for 15 years. He was a maintenance man around here. And he worked on that. He he even did it. He even had this. He even worked on this uh, farm with this machine for like 20 years. And he he did everything. He cleaned its oil. He made the whole thing. He was he was he was the best. And then one day, the company they brought some of those damn Japanese machines over. Mm. Yeah, they had good cutting blades, but. My dad didn't want to listen to that. You know what they did? They fired him for not using one of those Japanese pieces of shit toys. And then, you know, the next day, I go up and meet my dad. He's out the garage. I thought he was just putting some shit away because he got fired, but no. I go over to him, I try to touch him, and he just rolls over slowly. And I realized he got chopped up and his head was chopped up by this machine. And, of course, Roy and Kelly are like, what happened to the machine? And he was like, oh, I don't know. They just took it away until I saw it today. And with my own eyes, I knew what it was. I always had a, sp- uh, a feeling about this machine. Oh, God. Wow. I was like, they, no, they didn't. They made a fucking backstory of how, what this machine was. Of course they did. About the lawnmower. Right. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was so corny. <laughs> so now, right after he's done with all that, now the mower, mower try, attacks them, all right, and they start trying to fight it back and stuff, and they're like shooting like the lawnmower, and just it just looks so goofy. This fucking lawnmower like attacking them, like it looks so goofy. Um, so eventually, like the uh, the lawnmower kind of goes back, and then it's like you know their attack didn't work and stuff, so they're gonna keep watch. So now we're at the next morning. I guess one of the tires got a fucked up from the attack last night. And Kelly insists to change the tire because she wants to show that she is just as useful as the men are. I mean, of course, Dick's making fun of her the whole time. You know, Roy's trying to help out, but Dick says, no, she got it. And then fucking the mower shows up, said, hey, you better hurry. And Roy's like, yeah, you better hurry. The mower's about to chop your ass up. It goes over there. And I don't know about you, but like, <laughs> Dick was like, okay, just start the car. And she couldn't get the last bolt on. He's like, for fuck it, let's just go. So like when the lawnmower is about to chase down and like kill Kelly, did you see her like with the crowbar? She like throws it. It was like nowhere near <laughs> the fucking lawnmower. It was like, it was like fucking out, like right behind her and some shit. Like it wasn't even yeah. fucking near the lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't all be athletes, right? <laughs> exactly. Is she like a golf person? Like, can't she like have good precision anyway so she gets she escapes she gets back onto the van we got a little chase scene there and eventually roy crashes the van into a tree 
Dick gets all pissed off and everything because he crashes into the tree and everything. And then they start working on the uh, the van to try to make it um, work again. Because, of course, we have to have in every horror movie a car or vehicle that does not work. So now they're work the, and they're like, hey, we can't chase the, uh, the lawnmower anyway because it went back into the woods. Dick and Kelly, you know, they're t- talking about, like, how... You know, maybe Dick's like, he doesn't have any ideas. But like, he was like, okay, Kelly, what was your idea of stopping this fucking uh, um, thing? You know, and she's all like, well, you know, like, uh, he basically, he's also saying like, you know, you're scared now and stuff. He's like, yeah. She's like, yes, I'm scared now. And her idea was to use like sugar. And if she can in get the gas the, tank in the gas tank. So it'll start working. Of course, Dick didn't like this plan, but he's like, they don't got any other plans. So, so now they what they try to do is now they try to set a like a booby trap for the uh, for the lawnmower. All right. So we see Dick out there, and I guess somehow like he he was just sitting out there in the open, and he sees the lawnmower. He's all like, yeah, that's right. See if you can take a bite out of my ass. Ha ha. And he chases Dick to the van. Dick, like, jumps on the van. Roy's trying to hold him up. The fucking lawnmower is, like, halfway on the the ramp of the van. Like, did she even, like, pour the sugar on him? On on the fucking... I I, I don't think so. Like, I think she forgot to pour the sugar on the thing when it was on the ramp but eventually what happens is the lawnmower backs up a little bit dick falls down and the fucking lawnmower just fucking chops his legs up and then like roy and kelly are like looking like oh shit we fucked up and like and then fucking roy doesn't even try to shoot him like he's like gets so nervous and eventually the lawnmower just takes away dick and i guess the lawnmower did bite a part of dick's ass because he chopped his ass up and took his ass away i guess and then yeah. Kelly is crying and Roy looks on. And then eventually, like, the van just falls over randomly. So eventually, Kelly, she's, like, going on top of the van now. Like, after it's on its side, tells Roy to get up there. Uh, and then now the mower, the mower is back and is about to smash into the van. So it's going to smash into the van so they run away. And then eventually the land blows up. The van just blows up from the, uh, the, the, the lawnmower crashing into it. And then they notice, like, oh, crap, this, this lawnmower is going to chase us now. So they start running. But then our boy, Roy, has an idea. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play a little golf. I'm going to take my balls, and I'm going to shoot it at this lawnmower. And if I get a hole in one, it'll blow up, brother, because I am the Iron Man. And that's what he does. He shoots his balls. Yeah, that's what he does. And eventually the red ball that we got from earlier when the when the morgue guy gave it to him, he uses that ball. He says, for... There's never such more heroic uh, words spoken in a horror movie. For... Yeah. All right. Shoots it. Lawnmower blows up. Like some sort of like machine from Star Wars blows up and just runs straight into the swamp. Blows up. End of lawnmower. Yeah, that was that was kind of like a scene at the end of Jaws too, like when he, because at the end of Jaws he has the, uh, like she put the sugar on top of the lawnmower or whatever, 
So they they end up like sticking a um a scuba tank into the shark's mouth, and then he shoots it and he just keeps shooting it and then the, and the scuba tank blows the shark up, and it shows the shark blow up like three or four times, which is <laughs> which I thought was really funny in this movie when he shows the lawnmower blow up like three or four different times. Yeah, um, yeah, that was definitely like a, uh, you know, a a dig at Jaws, which I thought was really funny. But yeah, that was uh, uh, that was it. That was um, that's how that's how it ended. That yeah. So yeah, that was uh, yeah. So they they uh, so place. Jeff and Roy they walk off and stuff, right? Because mm. I like, hey, you got your old game back. I was like, what do you think about your new course? Roy's like, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but but I can get used to it, and that's how we end. Blades, brother. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, what you think? I thought this movie was like really random. <laughs> like I never thought I'd watch it. Like I said before, I never thought I'd watch a horror movie throwing a golf course. Yeah. And then like, well, it's like a random fucking lawnmower going crazy. And now that you mentioned, I was, I didn't realize I didn't. You know, I I watched Jaws like a couple times. You know, in my yeah. life. But I don't really remember like scene by scene of it. But like you know, if I probably did watch Jaws and this, I'd be like, oh shit, <laughs> they're like this. Yeah, I think, ripping I think off you everything. would like it better. Yeah, I think you would like it better. Like, well, I mean, um, I definitely would like you, Jaws better. I know that. I've seen oh, the well, movie for before, sure. So. But what I mean is, I think you'd like this movie better than you did. Oh, I got. But you, I mean, yes. I'm not saying it's good. Like I said at the start of the show, I'll never watch this movie again. Yeah. But I mean, Jaws is one of my favorite movies of all time. I watch it every Fourth of July. Um, I watch it, you know, every so often anyway, I probably watch it two or three times a year. Um, but I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's just like, it's so absurd that I got to where I liked it. Like I hated it at first. Yeah. Um, but then like, as it, as, as it had some of the jaws jokes in it, I was like, okay, this is pretty funny. Um, for what it for what it is for what it is like i said i'll never watch this movie again in my life but for what it is it was pretty funny yeah i'll give you that so you know kind of a fun one yeah uh, you guys can find it on the peacock that's where we watched it from yeah so uh but yeah but everybody that was blades here on the retro bloods killer object month in 1980 horror movies come join us next week has we well has uh as we as we review a very interesting killer object, I mean, you know, lawnmowers. I could see it. You know, got some blades on there, kind of kind of like deadly. You know, if you get if you get yeah. caught under a lawnmower, you probably be fucked. But you right. know, there's even household items that can. You know, I'm not talking about you know knives and shits. I'm talking about appliances, yeah. household appliances oh. that are definitely dangerous. Do, do tell. Because we. Here next week on the Retro Blood, are going to be talking all about microwaves. Ooh. Because we're going to be doing Microwave Massacre, brother. Yeah, I'm sure that's another winner. <laughs> yeah, brother. I mean, come on. I mean, you got like a mic, you got all those rays in there. You mm-hmm. know, you can overheat something. You could, yeah. You know what I mean? Mouth. You know, like TV dinners are never going to be the same for anybody again. No, no. All right. So especially bad because, you know, like, you can like heat up the like you heat up something in the microwave and like the the bowl on the outside is so hot it'll melt the fucking skin off your hand but the inside still ice 
cold. Yeah. Yeah, you can't trust microwaves. Can't trust it, man. They're crazy. Mm-mm. All right. Yeah. Those timers, they always go off every time the fucking storm yeah. happens. They got to reset the clock. Yeah. Oh, nightmare, brother. But yes, join us here next week for Microwave Massacre. So, Allison, uh, what what kind of uh, uh, song are we going to leave the audience with? Uh, this, uh, let's listen, let's, let's leave the, leave the people with some uh, suicidal tendencies. And, um, I think being, having to watch this movie, I could really, um, relate to this song. Um, it's called, how will I laugh tomorrow when I can't even smile today? There you go, brother. Just like our boy Roy. Mm. All right. Because you know, with him in his 1972 golf career, he fucked it all up by drinking too much. All right, so he wasn't smiling at all. But he was definitely going to get his last laugh when he destroyed a killer rogue father-made machine built by Dick or the the Slates. All right, and he won everybody's hearts in the end. Wow. Yeah. Very lovely. But yes, everybody, check us out here next week on the Retro Blood. Jay Austin, James Klein. We will catch you guys later. See ya.